So I, I don't have a long message. Famous last words, right, of a preacher. Luke 17, but I, I, I tell you one thing. I, I love getting into God's word. And I think uh, for us to come in together, uh, to worship together, and if we never got into God's word, that would be a problem. That would be, we would be failing. We could have the best music. We could have the best uh, testimonies and we've had we've been blessed already today uh, but I'm telling you what uh, the best part is God's word isn't it that's so we can get in and see what God has for us not that I'm the greatest uh, preacher you've ever heard but this is the greatest book that's ever been written uh, so Luke 17 uh, if you were uh, if you traveled with us and went to the revival the other night at Bren Zion uh, the first part of this might sound familiar, but I've got to lay a little bit of uh, groundwork to get to where uh, I want to go. But Luke 17, 7, Jesus says this, But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant, because he did the things which were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for its truth. And Lord, I thank you for already being with us. We felt your presence here in the songs, the testimonies. We've been blessed by the updates. But Lord, I pray as we get into your word that, Lord, you would uh, help us to focus. Lord, open up our ears and our hearts. Lord, uh, and uh, that your word would come alive would touch hearts if there's any lost I pray that they'd come to know you and Lord I pray that it would challenge and encourage us today we ask all these things in Jesus name and amen, amen. so uh, here is what Jesus is saying he's saying I want you to imagine a servant uh, that is coming after working in the field uh, or feeding the cattle, hard work. You know, we know a lot of people uh, involved in the different agricultural things around us, uh, but just subtract the combines and all the machines and everything else. So that servant would have spent a hard, long day working uh, maybe outside, you know, the sun beating down on them. Uh, and and it's, so this hard work, uh, and you think about as you're starting to get this metaphor that Jesus is saying, uh, you should also think about he's talking about spiritual things as well you know just like that servant working hard in the field working hard with the animals and farming and everything else do you realize that serving the Lord is hard work as well it, it can be difficult at times because it takes patience, it takes care, it takes love, uh, it takes attention to detail and everything else, uh, and it takes faithfulness, right? We've got to rely on faith to do God's will, and it takes a lot of grace from the Lord. Uh, one of the big mistakes I believe we run into is that we can do things for the Lord on our own power. That will not work, amen? Uh, we cannot do things outside of faith, but without faith, it is impossible to please him, right? It, it, it's not maybe, it's impossible to please God. We've got to trust in him. So that servant that's been plowing, feeding cattle all day comes into the field and he, Jesus is asking this question, does the master tell him to sit down and eat, right? Sit down at meat. 
or sit down for dinner, that's what we would say, verse 8, uh, and will not rather say unto him, make ready, wherewith I may sup, right? So that the master, this is what he would truly say. He'd say, no, you uh, get ready so that the master can eat. You serve the master uh, till I have eaten and drunken, and afterwards shall thou eat and drink. And now, granted, we're a long ways from the culture uh, of the day, and they're in this Middle Eastern area when the Bible was written. Uh, but in those days, the servant uh, would not be served by the master. It would not have happened. It, it just the culture, this wouldn't have happened. But the servant was expected to keep serving until all the work was done. Right, So the servant would have been plowing the field, would have been feeding the cattle, would have come into the house, would have served the master till he was done. So as everyone understand, again, this is not the culture of the day. But guess what? We're not, when we're talking about the Bible and we're trying to understand the Bible, we have to push aside the culture of today. Amen? The culture of today is a mess if you haven't figured it out. But this is what's going on. And here's the thing. The Bible tells us it is our reasonable service as a Christian person to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. So if we are, are serving the Lord and we're thinking, well, I've done this task or I think I've done this job, uh, I guess I'm done. No, it's what's the next task, right? What's the next calling of the Lord? Uh, you know, it's, we may trade one job for another or one ministry for another, but we're still servants, amen? We're still servants of God. We are called to serve our master, Jesus Christ. Right? And as long as we live, we're going to serve him. Why? Because he died for us. Amen? He purchased us with his own blood. You and I were headed to death row. We were headed to hell because of our sin. And Jesus Christ died for our sins. He paid that price with his blood. And the Bible says we were servants of sin before. We were serving the devil and didn't even realize it. And, and his blood and his sacrifice and salvation broke that chain of bondage from the devil and sin. And now we have a new master and it's Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Verse 9, this, it gets harder. Doth he thank that servant because he did the things which were commanded him? I trow not. What happens today? Everyone expects a favor, right? Everyone expects thanks. Everyone wants a pat on the back. Uh, but this is uh, for what they've done. And here's the thing. You and I do not serve Jesus Christ so that other people around us can pat us on the back. Right. Amen. That's, that is not what we're here or to demand that the pastor or certain leadership in the church praise you or stand you up in front of everybody or clap or anything else. No, we serve Jesus because what he's done for us yeah. and the Bible Amen. commands it. And that's it. That's it. I know. I know we don't like this, but stick with me. It'll get better. But you think about it. In light of everything that Jesus has done for us, how dare we? Look at him and demand him to thank us for doing anything. It's ridiculous. But many are doing that. And when they don't get the right thanks, they're like, I'm done. Right? Uh, they must not appreciate me. I'm not getting the right applause, right? They don't, I don't feel like they, uh, they really like what I'm doing or, or will spiritualize it. Well, it's not my passion anymore or anything else. No, all that's garbage. If, if men around you and women around you, if their reactions are going to stop you from serving God, you are serving men and not serving Jesus Christ. Amen. That's just all there is. 
Jesus said, I trow not. Today we would say, I think not. But our society has taken this to the extreme, haven't they? Yeah. At work, I'm sure you've seen this, right? Someone comes in and they show up on time and they work all day and they do what they're supposed to do. And instantly, by the end of the week, they want to be the supervisor, right? <laughs> right? Amen. Have you guys not seen this? I've seen it. Oh my goodness, I'm ready to be upper management now. Or, my goodness, I should be praised that I showed up at work all five days this week. No, you're doing what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Uh-oh, I might be stepping on toes. Are there people at work that think, anyway, never mind, never mind. I'll leave that up to your boss. They can deal with it. And that doesn't mean that Jesus is not pleased with our service. It's just to remember, we, we are, we are, he is the master. And here's the thing. I think we can sum up the first part of this to this. A servant is expected to serve. That's, That's right. it. A servant should be serving. Verse 10. So likewise, you see, when you have done all those things which are commanded you, you say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. And we struggle with this one too, this verse. So likewise ye, when ye have done all those things which ye are commanded to do. And we could stop right there and realize that verse is not talking about a single soul in this room. Oh Mike, wait a second. What do you mean? I'm serving the Lord. When ye have done all those things. That's what Jesus said. I'm not saying it. It's Jesus. When ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you. None of us have done that. We, we were in Romans 7 this morning in Sunday school, not by, wasn't a coincidence. And what was Paul saying? There are things I want to do, and I don't do it. Right? right? Sure. Amen? Amen? There's things God tells me I need to do, and I don't do it. Yeah. We've not done everything. But even if we did, do every single thing God has commanded us to do, what's he say in the end? We're not profitable, we're just a servant. And that's a hard pill to swallow because we think we're big stuff. But in all reality, God could do every single thing himself. He doesn't need us, right? And in this world, we get warped into, you know, maybe at your job, they need you. And if you don't show up, everything will fall apart. Uh, that doesn't always happen, by the way. Right. They'll replace you, this world will realize that God could do all of this without us. Yes, it is a blessing and an honor yes. that we are a part of his big plan. Amen. Amen. That's right. We are unprofitable servants. We've not done everything. He's commanded us to walk by faith, pray without ceasing, study to show ourselves approved. He's given us the Ten Commandments. He's given us the law. He's given us different callings. And what do we do? Sometimes laziness, sometimes excuses, sometimes we defy or rebel uh, against God's calling. We've not always presented our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. And then sometimes even when we're doing what God's called us to do, the pride slips in, right? And we look at me. I Look at how important I am. Man, I am just God's gift to this church or everything else. And then those things slip in. We've not done everything he's told us to do. And serving the Lord can be difficult, right? Because sometimes you have a small group of people uh, pulling a lot of work. But here's what I would say. 
If you're a new person that's stepping out in faith, stepping up to do something for God, don't you quit. Yes, things will get difficult. Yes, you'll face trials. Yes, you'll get frustrated. But do not quit. You are a servant. You're not serving me. You're not serving those around you. You're not even serving yourself. You're serving Jesus. Amen? Amen? Problems will happen. You'll, we just started a new Sunday school class, Bob did, and I've already told him, I said, that's a blessing, but get ready, because you'll study your heart out, and then one Sunday morning, you'll come in here, and it'll be just you. I pray that never happens, but if it does, remember, you're serving him, yeah. right? Amen. And we go on and on, but we've just got to continue. We'll hit snags, we'll face trials. And here's for the other group, those of you that have been serving the Lord for years and decades and a lifetime, don't you quit either. Because here's, uh, here's the temptation. Now that some different people are stepping up, the temptation is, well, I put in my time. I'm just going to let them do it, right? Don't fall for that trap either. Am I saying we'll never switch jobs? No. But what I'm telling you is you and I don't decide when we change things that we're doing for the Lord. The master does. That's right. Amen. Well, that wouldn't go over well everywhere, but it's the truth. I don't decide how I serve the Lord. He tells me. And guess what? He doesn't tell me every week that, Mike, you're a pastor of this church. He told me one time. And I'm going to continue to do it until I get the next set of instructions. And if that doesn't happen for 20 more years, so be it. I don't need reminded. He told me. He gave me my orders. I'm going to try to serve him as best as I can. That's what a servant does. That's it. I know we don't like it. I know it doesn't make sense in our culture. But it's the truth. Because some of you, I'll ask this question. You're dropping something. Has the Lord given you a new assignment or have you decided to quit? Because I do not believe. Uh, So here, I'll give you a for instance. Say I decided I'm not going to be the pastor anymore. We're moving to some other state, whatever. And I say it's God's will because that's what we do. We spiritualize it. Uh, God's given me a new opportunity, you know, all the stuff. The planets are aligning, no faiths involved. But anyway, right, this is what God wants me to do. I need to ask myself, okay, Mike, you've been serving the Lord for decades. You've been playing the piano. You've been pastoring. You've been doing all these things. What has God called you to do in that other state? And if my answer is nothing, God's not calling me. Someone else is. Jesus has made it clear we're expected to serve. And we deserve to be treated by our master. But if you still have your Bibles, turn back to Luke 12. I read this verse yesterday, and it about knocked me out of my chair. Because in light of what we just read, Luke 12, this is also Jesus talking. Look at verse 37. Luke 12, 37. Remember, we were talking about servants. He's talking about servants again. Jesus says this, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord... When he cometh, shall find watching. Verily, I say unto you, that he, Jesus, the Lord, shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth 
and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. Now you're saying, now wait a second, Mike. This sounds like a contradiction, right? Because in 17, the servant, when he comes in, doesn't sit down and get served by the master, right? What is Jesus saying? Is this a contradiction? No. As a servant in 17, our job every day is to serve the Lord. Remember, we don't get pats on the back. We don't get thank yous. It may feel like nobody sees what you're doing, but the Lord sees what you're doing. But you and I cannot quit. We've got to continue on because one day, every one of us will either close our eyes in death or the Lord is calling the church home. We look up and hear the trumpet sound. One day, Jesus is saying those Christian servants that are watching, that work means awake, vigilant, uh, serving. When Jesus comes and he sees his servants that are serving, Jesus said, verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. I don't know if you understand what that's saying. Jesus Christ, the one who left all of heaven, the one that was born of a virgin, right? The one that came to this earth, that took on the form of flesh, that lived, that faced pain and, and, and tiredness and, and temptations and everything that we face. And he uh, lived a sinless life. He started in his ministry and right off the bat, he had a resistance, right? And soon into it, as soon as he made it clear that he was God and one with God and the son of God and before Abraham was, I am, they wanted to kill him. And they ended up, uh, one of the 12 betrayed him and they, uh, uh, they put him before men uh, in a mock trial. They beat him. They uh, platted the crown of thorns on his head. They mocked him. They slapped him. They whipped him uh, with the whip. Uh, uh, they, and then they nailed him to the cross so that he could die for our sins uh, uh, because we had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He did that for all of us. He didn't have to do that. He chose to do that out of love. That Jesus is the one that said one day, everyone that's saved by Jesus Christ, one day will either close their eyes in death or will be caught up to meet him in the air. One day that will happen. I don't know if it's today. I don't know if it's tomorrow. You know, if you're up in years, maybe you have less time, maybe not. Uh, uh, we've seen younger people leave this life all the time. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. But one day this will all end. And Jesus is saying, on that day, I'm going to look at what was my servants doing, right? If you're saved by Jesus Christ, you're a servant of Jesus. Was my servant serving or was he not? And the ones that were serving, Jesus says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to girt myself. I'm going to serve the servant because the servant served me. Remember what I said before. The servant only deserves to be a servant and their job's to serve. 
when we get to Luke 12, this is not deserving any more than Jesus dying for us and our sins. We don't deserve that. That's mercy. Yes. That's grace. That's love. Amen. Jesus said, I'll do that. See, this doesn't contradict Luke 17. It makes this all the more powerful because of Luke 17. Yes. We deserve, when we're talking about the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, because that's how we're going to see him next time, right? Yes. All in glory in heaven, all powerful, all holy. And when we know how far we fell short and we see pure holiness, and he said, I'm going to gird myself. And have you to sit down. Yeah. And I'm going to serve you. I don't deserve that. I don't deserve heaven. All I deserve is to serve him forever. Yeah. But he said, at that unknown time, what am I going to find you doing? Because yeah. if I find you serving, we're going to eat. I got some questions to wrap this up. You cannot be a servant of Jesus Christ until you're saved by Jesus Christ. If you've never called on Jesus' name for forgiveness of sins, in order to do that, you've got to admit you're a sinner. The Bible tells you you are. You've fallen short of God's... You go through the Bible, you would have had to perfectly follow every single thing in it your entire life, including your mind and including what you say and including everything. None of us have done that. We've not even come close. But he died for your sins. And he didn't just die. He rose on the third day triumphantly. You believe that? That's good. You believe that you're a sinner? Even better. But have you admitted it to him and called on his name for salvation? Because without that, you're still a servant of the devil and you don't even realize. But if you've done that, if you've saved by Jesus Christ, you are a servant. Let me ask you this question. Are you really serving or are you just spectating? You watching those around you do what God's called them to do. Watching them get the blessings. Yeah, watching them go through the hard times, but then standing up and saying, God's still good. Amen. What about you today? What's God called you to do? Because if you were to leave this life, do you want him to find you serving or not? Or are you serving when it's just convenient? Time to time. When nothing else is in the way. When I feel like it. Right? When I'm in a good mood. Or are you serving because we're a servant? That's the question. I'll close with this. Mom brought it up the other day. The first job I ever had was in between my junior and senior year of high school. They Ashley, Buckeye Valley East, the old part before they tore it down. Uh, me and three other guys, teenagers, were janitors over the summer helping the real custodians, the full-time ones, get the school ready for the next school year. And I've, I've told this different times that you know you've got four teenage boys and for some reason our boss after the first couple weeks decided he would 
he would write us a list of things to do. He'd give it to us, and he'd go run an errand. You know, like uh, he would be famous for we need like one can of paint. He would go to Marion to some hardware store or something, uh, eat lunch at and Waldo, and then be back at like you know. 145, you know, after leaving at, at 9.30. Well, you can do the math that uh, he's been gone a long time, right? Anybody could do much quicker than that, but he would give us that list. And early on, I know none of you have done anything like this. Or maybe your mom left you the list. Maybe this, this will equate to you. We had things we needed to do, right? We had no idea when he'd come back, right? That's right. We were hoping we had the whole list done, you know, sometimes we waited to goof off till the list was done. Sometimes we didn't, right? Man, I must be in a group of holy people. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. But he'd come back, usually find us doing something ridiculous, but at least we could point to the list and say we did it all. Yeah. You know, and get a little less yelled at. But see, that's a joke, and we laugh about that. Well, Mom came home, right? Remember when they used to write the list on paper, use an old envelope, right? I, I, I'm not that young, I remember, right? You had no idea when she'd come home because we didn't have the cell phone, right? You had the phone on the wall and you couldn't really call it. I mean, you couldn't call it as you're going around doing all the different things. You had no idea when she was coming home either. And what happened when you weren't ready, right? You'd start to hear the tires on the gravel of the driveway, and you're like, ooh, ooh, I got about two or three, three things missing, and you're running around like crazy. See, we laugh about that. But Jesus Christ is saying, hey, I'm coming at an unknown time. Yeah. Right? He gives us a bunch of metaphors just like this. This isn't the only one. The master of the house goes away to a far country, comes back at an unknown time, and then he takes account of what his servants are doing. What are they doing? Yeah. He's going to do that with all of us. That's right. If that day was today, would you be happy about your service mm. as a servant? Mm. Or would you be wishing you knew he was coming today? Yeah. He's given you mercy today. And the great thing about our God, he's a God of another chance. Maybe you've been not serving him. Today's the day to start. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.